Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our topic today is helping grandchildren deal with SIDS, grief, and sibling loss, and our guest is Jewel Sample. Jewel is a certified child and parenting specialist who lost her grandson, Brennan, to sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS. The extended family interactions to Brennan's death inspired her to write a children's grief recovery story titled Flying Hugs and Kisses, which has an accompanying coloring activity book titled Flying Hugs and Kisses Activity Book. Welcome to the show, Jewel. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on, Jewel. Oh, and I wanted to say before uh, we get started with Jewel that Jewel has very kindly offered to give an autographed copy of her book and her activity book to anyone who wants to call in today with a comment or question. And again, our toll-free number is one eight six six. 472-5792. These are wonderful books that you've done, Jewel. They're lovely. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've really uh, enjoyed looking at, at them and, and reading through them. We'll talk a little bit more about specifically about the books, but tell us a little bit about your grandchild's death. Well, um, Brennan's death, he was 80 days old, and um, one morning mom and dad woke up, and he was no longer with us. And it was a sudden death. That's what sudden infant death syndrome is. He uh, had just been to the doctor a few days before and gotten a clean bill of health, so we weren't aware that there was any problems with Brennan's little body. So, um, and and they never really knew what what took his life. No, um, they did just like they do most uh, SIDS. Um, uh, investigations. They did a complete investigation, including an autopsy. Um, they did a uh, investigation of what they call the death scene, which is typically they take things from. And that's home. that's kind of a hard thing, isn't it? Because yes. they're kind of looking for if if it was uh, an, an an accidental death or not, right? Right. Which is hard on the family. Right. It's it's different in a sense that. Um, because they don't know what caused the death, you ha- the child and the family have to go through a different process than if they had died in a hospital and they knew why the infant died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many years ago was this? It was four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and uh, tell us a little bit about you as a grandma. I mean, were you a parenting specialist before? Yes. I um, have worked with families in crisis for many years. I'm retired now, but I did go into the home and teach parenting skills and um, daily um, task skills and that kind of thing with families in crisis. Mm-hmm. And did that prepare you in any way for the death of your your grandson, Brennan? Well, I don't think anything prepares one yeah. for a sudden loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had contact with families, uh, well, actually just one family, that had lost a child of sudden infant death syndrome. I knew what sudden infant death syndrome was. What was um, surprising to me, though, was the lack of community knowledge about sudden infant death syndrome. When you're surrounded as a professional by 
um, courses that you've taken, you just sometimes assume everybody else has that kind of information. Mm-hmm. So um, I was quite surprised that even some professionals did not understand the the correct definition of sudden infant death syndrome. And there, there's a lot of research going on right now. And isn't it in Florida or something where you have to have an autopsy? So they've really been able to look at uh, these babies and maybe why. Yeah, in most states there has to be an autopsy done because um, sudden infant death syndrome is a diagnosis by elimination of different things. So they have to do what they call a forensic autopsy, autopsy and um, it's quite lengthy. And it takes about six to eight weeks before those test results are back. Now, is that hard for the family? Was it hard for your family uh, waiting for that? Absolutely. It's very hard because you have people in the community that really want to support the family, but they want to know why. And it's our human nature just to ask the question, why, what happened, and want to know the story behind uh, the life of the infant that dies. And so uh, struggling for the right words to say, and, and sometimes when others would say, well, I, I want more than I don't know what happened, uh, it was quite a, quite a struggle for all of us, and we all really wanted to know what happened to Brennan as well. Mm-hmm. And, and there, the problem is sometimes, sometimes there's no answer even after, right? Right, and that is what happens when you have sudden infant death syndrome as the medical diagnosis for an infant when they can't find what happened. They basically just told us that uh, it was similar to when you turn a light switch off that happened to Brennan's body. His body just quit working all of a sudden. It wasn't a traumatic death and um, that he was at peace. He wouldn't, didn't, as far as I can tell, the um, SIDS infants do not go through any kind of pain. And don't they sometimes think that they just kind of forget to breathe? Um, Yes, that is part of some of the research that uh, there's not enough serotonin in the brain that regulates the vital organs Mm -hmm. and the sleep arousal. So, um, yes, there is that idea out there. Well, thank goodness that we know more about it because I think in past times, sometimes people have thought that the family did something. Right. So uh, it's quite a thing. Well, tell me about uh, being a grandparent and and having this happen. What is your take on it as far as your children were concerned and your grandchildren? Did you have other? Did they have other children? Um, Brennan had four. Uh, well, actually, five big brother, a uh, big brother, and four big sisters. He was the sixth wow. child, and uh, yes, they all suffered from. Uh, the loss of their baby brother. He was only 80 days old. He, he was, was the youngest hard. of 10? Huh? He was the youngest of 10 children? No, there were six altogether. Six. Six altogether, okay. Right. There was two boys and four girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for them, it was very difficult to understand why it happened. And it was difficult for them to understand why there wasn't a reason and to bring meaning to that. So um, as a grandparent before this had happened, I have at our house what we call grandma playdates. And the grandchildren come over sometimes one at a time or two at a time, and we would just do activities that the child wanted to do. And one of their very favorite pastime activities was for grandma to tell stories. And we would just make up a story 
and it would be just something really outrageous, and they would get to participate in making up the story. And so when Brennan died, that was one of the things that they still wanted to continue to do, was make up a story to tell what had happened to their baby brother. So I just Now, was that painful for you the first time, to have them want that? Um, it's a mixed feeling of ambivalence because you're dealing with your own grief and in a sense of how to find words that will be on a child's level for them to understand and to answer their questions in the most simple and truthful way. Uh, yes, I think we all hurt together. But for me, we're a very open family, so we were used to saying, I feel sad or I'm mad or, you know, expressing those feelings toward each other, so it wasn't as, seemed unnatural Uh for me as a grandparent for them to express those types of feelings. Uh, How did you, how did you happen to start writing this? Well, um, as I had said before, we would have um, storytelling time at Grandma's house. And each child that came to my house had a different part of the story they wanted to tell. And I would just write things down, little nuggets that I wanted to remember, not having any intention whatsoever to write a book. Um, But I just wanted to remember that part of that child's understanding of what happened to their baby brother or their cousin. So uh, as time went on then, one day my granddaughter called me on the phone and she said, Grandma, would you write my story down that we tell so that I can read it when I'm at my house because it helps me feel better. Mm-hmm. And so I said, sure, sweetie, I can do that. And then I, when I set out to write her part of the story, I realized that several of my 11 grandchildren at that time had a part of their story that maybe I could incorporate one story for all of them and give it to them for Christmas. And I had a fifth grade um, grandson at the time, and he was really interested in writing books, and he was telling me how books were written. And so I asked him to be my co-editor, and we would do this together. After the story was finished and he read that, he asked me if I would submit it to a publisher uh, because he wanted to share the story with other children who hurt just like he did. Now, what what a great idea of to write something, isn't it, Heidi? To and, and incorporate your grandchild as the co-editor. Yeah, I love that. A, a wonderful idea uh, to do that. Well, Heidi, you had a question you were talking about at break. And, uh, well, first of all, let me, uh, Jewel, how do we get a hold of your book? Um, it is available at most major bookstores and on the Internet, particularly Amazon, and, of course, through the publisher at lifespublishing.com, and, or you can call their toll-free number at one eight seven seven eight four three one zero zero seven. And it's also on the Grief Blog right now, and I would suggest to you that if you're a therapist or anyone working with uh, Sid's death, these are a- amazing books and I, I think really helpful for, for children. Well, Heidi, did you want to ask Jewel the question that you uh, were talking about during break? I did. I was just wondering for our listeners how Jewel um, reassured her her surviving grandchildren that they were not going to go to sleep one night and never wake up. And I'm wondering that for all of our listeners that have had a SIDS death and have surviving children that may be fearful. Well, one of the things that um, the children did ask a question is what happened to Brennan's body, and we explained that to them. And we also along there explained to them that what Brennan had was not something they could get, they could catch. 
mm-hmm. their body was going to keep working. And so that was a lot of comfort to them to understand that only babies could get this that Brennan got. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if you had some advice for parents out there who, let's talk about the parents first, uh, or, or grandparents will say that, how can they best help their children who have had a SIDS loss and how can they take care of themselves? So let's do it, you know, in two parts. How can they help? Maybe we should start with themselves. What would your thought be? I think the most important thing is to allow yourself to grieve and to take time for yourself to process what has happened and to acknowledge that your grief is a double double whammy is what I consider it. You're grieving for yourself as a loss. You're grieving for your adult child who has a significant loss as well. And um, to understand that we can't as parents fix this for our children, but we can support them through this. And to take time um, to get plenty of rest, and to eat properly, and not try to overdo, extend your own support to your extended family when you need to have time and rest to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and what about uh, how about helping your kids? I think helping grandchildren is to be open with them and to listen. I think the most important thing for kids is they want to be able to have somebody acknowledge what they are feeling and what they're going through. So just to listen and to give, if they ask you a question, just to give short answers and not go into great detail uh, about all, all the things that could have happened or would have happened. I, I love that advice. I think sometimes adults err on the side of giving too much information that's age inappropriate and it can mm-hmm. be scary and kids sometimes don't understand what the parents are saying or what the adults are saying. Right. I wanted to ask you: Was uh, your uh, was it your daughter uh, or your or your son's child? It's my son's child. My okay. husband and I share three sons and three daughter in laws. Uh huh. And, and I was wondering, uh, you know, I'm curious, and I, I don't know um, how uh, we maybe deal with this someday, Heidi. I'm wondering if it's any different if it's a son. Do do mothers? Um, are they less involved with the son in a way that, um, how do they support them? Is it different? Well, from my experience, it has been that it depends on the family dynamics in general. Mm-hmm. If they have a lot of contact with their family, they tend to continue to have that contact. Um, daughters-in-laws, depending on the relationship with the mother-in-law, ha- have a tendency to go to their mother's. Uh, however, you know, that wasn't our case. My daughter-in-law went to both her mother and to I, and so she received support uh, on both sides of the family. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you've made a really important point, and that is don't expect your family to be different. I mean, if you weren't open, um, you know, uh, if you didn't talk about things that much uh, before you had the death in the family, it, it will kind of go along the way it was. Don't try to force new things. Right. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to ask Jewel if she felt that her loss as a grandmother was acknowledged. Um, I think that that's what you'd hit on the nail at the very beginning. Grandparents are those silent grievers. People don't necessarily uh, surround the grandparent and acknowledge their grief as much as they do, you know, the the nucleus family, which, you know, as, as a grandparent, I didn't necessarily look for that, um, but... As time went on, I had to find a support system, and um, I found one on the Internet called SIDS Grandparents, 
and right. go to that support system to, because as grandparents we do need to have um, people surround us who've walked a mile in our shoes who know what the trauma, traumatic events that took place um, mean. And um, we also need to have support of research. And so we keep each other uh, knowledgeable of what we have found out about SIDS as well because we're all yearning for that medical mystery to be solved so we can bring more closure to our families. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, Jewel, thank you so much for being on the show. And again, um, uh, Jewel has uh, offered to, if you'd like to write something on our blog, thegriefblog.com, uh, we would, she would love to send you a signed copy of her book. So uh, she's going to put a little something on the grief blog for us about that, and hopefully you will log in and, uh, and ask Jewel some questions if, or make some comments, and we will sh- shoot them off to her from thegriefblog.com. Well, again, thank you uh, so much for being on the show, Jewel, and you can get her book, Flying Hugs and Kisses. Um, they're the book and then the wonderful activity book that goes along with it. Uh, you're the artist that did the work on this. They're just beautiful books. And and congratulations on them, Jewel. Well, thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.